Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Cryptic Cocktail Party Show where we have a few drinks, share a few laughs, take a dive into the unknown. I'm your host Dave and today I'm joined by Justy Boy, co-host of the Cool Parents Podcast. What's going on, handsome? What's going on? Thanks for having me. You're so professional. Well, am I? You're so professional. You know, it's a nice, it's a nice change of pace. I didn't expect to hear that theme song. You didn't? I'm here. I'm here. No, no, that that goes in in post where I come from. Oh no, I got a, I got a soundboard and everything, man. I'm fucking, oh. I'm boss of the wall with this. All right, Justin, you ready to saddle up, partner? Oh, I was born ready, Mister. Oh, we're gonna be saddling up. We're gonna be hitting the old dusty trail, heading out west to spin a few yarns yeah. about uh, some UFOs in the wild west. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I almost, I almost loaded up a spittoon sound. <laughs> <laughs> I'll add it in post. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, I, uh, I got this idea actually from one of the, an episode of your show. Where you guys were doing commentary on the uh, some like cowboy alien yeah. show? <laughs> yeah, it was on Ro- it was on the Roku channel. Yeah, uh, I forget what it was called, but yeah, it was it was a hoot. It was it, it was a hoot for sure. But yeah, so I uh, I came with the idea to do UFO encounters of the Wild West, and I figured who else to do it with than because you're a big fan of cowboys. You're a big fan of aliens. Well, I reckon, I reckon. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right, you, you ready to dive into this? Well, I don't, I don't know about all that, partner, but uh, yeah, you know, well, I know part. a thing or two. I know a thing or two about uh, chained and <laughs> you know the farm and bull whip is a, is a yeah, bull whip from the prairie. All right, so I got a bull whip on me. I got my cowboy hat on. I'm ready to spit. All right. <laughs> All right, so Justin, our first tale comes out of Missouri in the year of our Lord, 1865. James Lumley all right, all right. was trapping in the mountains. I'm not going to do an accent. I can't do it. Jim Lumley? <laughs> Jim Lumley was trapping. Oh. Uh, in the mountains of Cadot Pass late one night when he saw what the what he described to the Missouri Democrat as, quote, a bright luminous body in the heavens, which was moving with a great rapidity in an easterly direction. James Lumley said that the object was visible for roughly five seconds when suddenly it separated into pieces like the bursting of a skyrocket is what he said. I'm assuming he means like a firework. Yeah. I don't know what a, I don't know what a skyrocket is. Um, now, not even a minute after seeing the object streak across the sky, James heard a massive explosion. It was so big that he could feel the ground shake and the air and the rush of air coming through the woods from the impact. And then the smell of sulfur filled the air. Sulfur. <laughs> Sulfur. <laughs> Stink smell. Egg smell. Now, at this point, it was already late, so James decided that the following day he'd go and investigate whatever it was that had crash-landed that night. So, the next yeah, day... James, Jim, so I reckon I'm going to go on out there, take a, take a gander what's going on here on the prairie. <laughs> <laughs> so, the next day, James is hiking in the direction of the crash, and when he got about two miles... From his camp, he encountered what one source described as a trail of destruction that had been cut through the forest. Whatever it was that crashed through there it left like a path of like uprooted or just straight up broken in half trees. It shaved off a wow. it shaved off a hilltop and gouged the earth as it came through. The newspaper described the scene as quote, great and widespread havoc was everywhere visible. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So Jim, 
being the big old mountain man that he was, decided to follow the trail of destruction all the way to a massive, quote, stone that was driven into the side of the mountain. James said that it looked as though it was divided into compartments and that there was shards of what looked like broken glass. A dark liquid is all around the scene of the crash as well. But what's weirder, and I think you're really going to enjoy this part, is he described whatever it was as being covered, quote, in curious hieroglyphics. (laughs) Oh, wow. All sorts of mysteries with this one. For some reason, this, like... Uh, this one little tidbit prompted the newspaper to speculate that maybe the object came from Mercury or Uranus. <laughs> Based on absolutely nothing? Or... <laughs> the fact that it had hieroglyphs. It's just it's, it's mere speculation, I reckon. That's mere speculation. <laughs> I came out here to avoid animal noises, and there's a fucking dog barking. I can't hear it. You're fine. I'm sorry. Good, okay. <laughs> No, this one had mentioned it just in case you do. No, it's good. No, obviously, uh, this is probably just a meteor that crashed into the mountain. Uh, <laughs> but the fact that I don't know about that, you don't know what, what, is, what is your no. what is your take on what you think this is? It's probably a craft, some sort, some sort of craft. <laughs> <coughs> now. The fact he stated there were hieroglyphs carved into it and that he was certain they were, quote, the works of human hands, it is kind of weird. And I'm sure, like, ancient alien believers probably cite this story as, like, like a holy grail of evidence, but I don't know. So, yeah, so that's the first story. That's the story of Jim Lumley and his encounter. Oh, Jim Lumley. Jim Lumley. Jim Lumley down Missouri way. <laughs> now, the next story is called... <laughs> <coughs> oh, you don't want to you don't want to dive deeper into Jim Lumley? No, that's uh, that's really all there was. There's that like one newspaper article, but I got a couple stories for you. There's no more information out there on Jim Lumley. Negative. Uh-huh. That's it. That's all we got. I think we can reach out to the estate. <laughs> if we get a uh, get a quote from old Jim, yeah. I bet he's still around. When was this? <laughs> this is uh, the 1800s. Yeah, he's still around. <laughs> This is 1865, so there's not a lot going on there. Nah. Well, you know, I'll put in a FOIA request and see what I can find out. We'll find out. We'll, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll do an update. We'll get to the bottom of it. We'll do an update later later down the line. Uh, but me, personally, I think it was a craft. You think it was a craft? Some sort of saucer? Yeah, I think it was some kind of, some sort of hovercraft um, piloted by a... Oh, a little, little, little boy. Oh, well, if you want to know about pilots, here was just here we go. So this one is the uh, story of the Aurora alien. Uh, in the early okay. in the early morning of April 17th, 1897, in the town of Aurora, Texas, locals saw a strange object streak low across the sky. Nope, oh, just had a stroke. Uh, <laughs> streak low across the sky. <laughs> It was heading in a northerly direction, crossing over the town square, and soon after, it crashed right into Judge J.S. Proctor's windmill, causing the craft to explode, <laughs> creating a debris field covering several acres, and even destroying the judge's prized flower garden in the process. This was all in the newspaper. <laughs> they had to really point out that his his windmill and his flower garden got fucking just completely destroyed. It created a path of carnage. <laughs> no. No, a ton of hieroglyphs everywhere. Just hold on. Now, <laughs> a ton of residents witnessed the object and its dest- and its destruction, uh, but they were also witness to something more than just a fiery crash and debris. They also witnessed 
the pilot. Oh. According, <laughs> according uh, to the night to the April nineteenth, eighteen ninety seven article in the Dallas Morning News about the incident. Quote, the pilot of the ship is supposed to have been the only one on board, and while his remains are badly disfigured, and enough of the original has been picked up to show that he was not an inhabitant of this world, end quote. And then it went on to say that papers found on his person, evidently the records of his travels, are written in some unknown hieroglyphs and can't be deciphered. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> then, oh, maybe it's, maybe it's the cipher. Maybe it's the uh, it's the cipher for the, the original stone. story. <laughs> yeah, the original story is the original cipher. You know, it's so they need the cipher. They need the ciphering stone to decipher this guy's hieroglyphs on the paper in his pocket. That's right. All right, now <laughs> that's right. It's like a like a zodiac, but instead of killing people, it's just <laughs> creating paths of carnage with their just aliens <laughs> fucking up towns left and right. That's right. Yeah, just doing property damage <laughs> for no good reason. Well, there is a good reason. You got to read the glyphs. You got to read the, the glyphs. They hold all the secrets. I reckon you got to read the glyphs a little bit. Oh. I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, the, the article also concluded with, uh, quote, the pilot's funeral will take place at noon tomorrow. And according to reports, the funeral actually did indeed happen. And the quote unquote pilot was buried in the Aurora Cemetery with full Christian rites. And there was a headstone and everything. <laughs> Wow! So there's an alien buried in in Aurora Cemetery, and nobody's fucking dug it up or anything. Nothing. No, some guy apparently was like doing research, and he did one of those like the thing where they move the thing across the grass back and forth, and it kind of like pumps sonar. And there is a tiny casket yeah. in the ground. So yeah, I I mean like the, there was no one at the fucking funeral. Like no one saw. Oh no, there was people there. Yeah, close, 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 it was close, close casket. casket. His body was very badly. He was disfigured. badly charred was, and burned. He was but... burned to a crisp, like a nice smoked brisket. <laughs> well, I mean, I saw, I saw what they were able to do with my pappy's corpse. I reckon they could do some. <laughs> I reckon they could get a little, <laughs> a little magic working. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's the story of the Aurora uh, alien. Now, there is more to the story. Some guy apparently. Uh, ended up buying the farm that uh, it crashed into. Like he passed. The, the, he passed away. The windmill. No, no, but he bought the he bought the farm. But apparently, <laughs> 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 but about Pappy bought the farm. But apparently, the uh, like the debris from the spaceship, instead of like disposing of it properly, they just threw it in the well that was. Under, that was under the windmill <laughs> and <laughs> that's fucking awesome so he was cleaning out the he was cleaning out the debris and apparently because so he wanted to use the well for water like its intended purpose and uh he he uh apparently but after handling all the debris he got like one of the most severe cases of arthritis that anyone's ever heard of. So he just threw yeah. all the debris back into the well and then covered it with a building so that no one can get to it ever again. <laughs> and, and then his, his arthritis magically disappeared overnight. I don't think so, but that would have been fucking good if that's how it went down. That would be pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right, Justin. So this is going to be the last of the stories. This is a little longer one. This is the okay. this is the 
story of the unsolved case of the mystery airships. Now, I like the name. The mystery airships, or phantom airships, uh, was mm-hmm. an unidentified flying object that was seen by thousands of people across the country in the late 1896 and early 1897, and are considered to be like the spiritual predecessor to like modern UFO sightings. Uh, yeah. Sightings of the mystery airship usually occurred at night with people seeing strange lights in the sky, but more detailed and up close like sightings described it almost like a zeppelin, like a like an air like a fucking what was the Hindenburg? I, <laughs> it's like kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. But uh oh, 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 oh. When was this? This is 1896. Oh, I remember remember the remember the year well. <laughs> and, uh, but I mean what they're kind of describing is what I guess they would call in the UFO community a cigar-shaped UFO. I don't know if you... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm familiar. I'm familiar. <laughs> I figured you would be. Now, uh, the first wave of reports of about the mystery, mysterious ship started in November 17th. Uh, started in November 17th to sometime... It ended in like mid-December of 1896. And it was okay. confined mostly to the west coast of the United States, like California, that kind of shit. Uh, with the first sighting taking place in Sacramento when witnesses saw a slow-moving light just 1,000 feet off the ground, with some witnesses claiming they could see like a dark shape behind the light. And then one, yeah. w- one witness, R.L. Lowry, claimed he heard a voice <laughs> coming from inside the craft, shout- shouting orders to increase altitude to avoid crashing into the steeple of a church. Uh, others yeah. claimed that they could hear singing as it passed overhead. And then R.L. Wow. Lowry claimed that he saw the people piloting it, and they were, uh, it was just two dudes, and they were using, uh, <laughs> it was like uh, bicycle pedal powered. Like, so it was just two dudes <laughs> just going enough. apeshit on some bicycle pedals. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great mental image. Uh, said, they were just piloting the cigar. That's all, you know. <laughs> a couple of couple of guys, just two dudes, <laughs> just vibing. Uh, then on, yeah. on November night, what? What do you got? Wait, before before you continue, I just gotta. I have to say how happy I am that there's more than one RL in the world. I've only heard of Stein before. I'm I'm happy that another one exists. Yeah, he really is the only one, isn't he? He's only on the matters. RLs, yeah, he's RLs got the he's kind of like the monopoly of uh, RLs <laughs> these days. Yeah, because this, this he's this, got all the power. This RL Lowry is uh, long long since expired. Well, you never know. You think that this man? <laughs> That's valid. He could be. I don't fucking know. So we're talking. So what? What do you? So RL Stein. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, the next yeah. sighting was this guy on, possibly still alive from the 1890s. Possibly. Uh, the next story is on November 19th, 1896. The Daily Mail out of Stockton uh, printed an article that featured what would be like the earliest accounts of an alleged alien craft and attempted abduction. This is probably my favorite oh. alien abduction story I've ever heard in my entire life. So the story I've goes, never heard it. I've never heard an attempted abduction before. I've only heard of. Uh, <laughs> You know, 100% success rate for the most part. (laughs) This is, the story goes that Colonel These weren't aliens at all. It was just two guys inside a fucking cigar, dude. Dude, it kind of, when you hear what happens during this abduction, you're going to just assume that's what it is. Because the story goes that uh, Colonel H.G. Shaw was was driving his horse and buggy on a country road in Lodi uh, when he saw what he claimed to uh, have been a landed spacecraft that he described as having a metallic surface that was completely featureless, aside from a rudder, 
It was about 25 feet in diameter and about 150 feet in length. He then said that three slender, seven-foot-tall extraterrestrials came out of the ship and approached him, all while making, like, a strange warbling noise. I don't know what that could be, but in my head, it's like, blah, 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 blah. like, that's what the sound I hear. Uh, he, said, he, said, yeah. he said the aliens then examined his buggy before trying to physically force him off of the buggy and back to the ship, but they gave up pretty quickly when it became apparent that they lacked the strength to force him off of his buggy. So they, <laughs> uh, once they realized they were like way in over their heads, uh, they just hauled ass back to their ship and then promptly just got the hell out of there. <laughs> they couldn't peel me off the buggy. I'm too fucking strong. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah. He's just like, I just picture them being like, come on, come on. And he's like, fuck out of here. Uh, and then I just went fucking dead weight. They couldn't pull me if they tried. <laughs> I don't know why, but Shaw, for some reason, decided that the creatures were of Martian, Martian origin and believed they were sent to kidnap an Earth, Earthling for, quote, unknowable but potentially nefarious purposes. So. <laughs> yeah. Then just, I love it. Then just two days later, on November 21st, the lights reappeared over Sacramento, as well as over Folsom, Oakland, San Francisco, Modesto, and a whole bunch of other cities later that night. Uh, being witnessed by hundreds of people with a few more sightings occurring up into December. Now, the second wave of sightings took place from January to May of 1897, but this time in central and eastern United States. And there's a bunch of these stories, but I'm just going to tell you like a few of my favorite ones. Uh, one witness in Arkansas was supposedly told by a pilot of one of these airships that he was heading to Cuba to use its Hotchkiss guns to kill Spaniards. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> then, on oh April, my goodness! On April tenth, eighteen ninety-seven, a newspaper in St. Louis uh, published a what? sighting from a this man named W. H. Hopkins, who said he encountered a grounded airship okay. near Springfield, Missouri. He claimed the ship was being crewed by a beautiful nude woman and a bearded man who was also nude. Uh, he tried to communicate with them to figure out like where they were from, and after some time, they eventually understood what he was trying to say, and they just pointed to the sky and quote uttered something that sounded like the word Mars. So, take from that way. <laughs> All right, I love it. Uh, and then that was me. And then, uh, several newspapers and wait, does it say how was how was how was the hog on him? Oh, was he corked out or what? Does uh, it? He, he probably, Does it say? No, but I mean, I'm assuming he's fucking corks, dude. He's probably got a fucking massive. It's probably a pretty nice dong. one. <laughs> he's an he's an alien. I'm got sure a nice have, one on him. Yeah. Uh, now several newspapers. It wasn't big, but it was nice, dude. It was nice, smooth, very smooth. <laughs> right, right. Uh, several, That's what you want. No, <laughs> several newspapers in Minneapolis reported that on April 13th. Uh, a doctor was abducted at gunpoint to care for the captain of an airship that was sick from the flu. Uh, the doctor managed to escape after like a bit of a struggle by jumping from the airship 40 feet down into the lake that was beneath them. Uh, this story was later found to be fake, and the doctor just... The real story is that he just fell through the ice into the lake while he was trying to cross it, not because he jumped from an airship. Yeah, he just wanted it to sound cooler. I get it. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to... You, you seem pretty dumb. It's... <laughs> crossing a frozen yeah. lake and falling through. Like, you got to come up with something good. And he's a doctor, too, right? But also, why would 
an alien need a, to, to abduct you at gunpoint? I feel like these alien abductions are not, they weren't smooth in the 1800s. Not like today. No. This is no, amateur, no. This is like some real amateurish shit. Uh, did you say the guy was, was a doctor too, or did I make that up? He was a doctor. He was, yeah, okay. He didn't want people to yeah. think he was a fucking dumbass. <laughs> Can't even walk across the ice properly. That you were yeah. a doctor, dude. You're supposed to know. He, he's just trying Don't to you save know everything. Faces, really, all. <laughs> no, the uh, the last one uh, happened sometime around April 19th of 1897 in Leroy, Kansas, when Alexander Hamilton, uh, not the president, uh, his son Boom. and some dude that was living with them at the time, said uh, they saw an airship hovering over their cattle pen. After some examination of the situation, they noticed a red, quote-unquote, cable coming from the ship that was lassoed around one of Hamilton's heifers. Uh, unfortunately for the airship, it also got that cable tangled around the fence post of the pen. Uh, mm-hmm. So Hamilton used this opportunity to try and save his cow, but he wasn't able to free it. So instead, uh, he cut away a portion of the fence. Then he, then he, quote, stood in amazement to see the ship, cow, and all rise slowly and sail off. Now... Some have suggested that this could possibly be one of like the first attempts at like cattle mutilation. Yeah. But in reality, uh, this story was debunked in 1977 when a UFO researcher did some digging and discovered that the whole story was a very, very successful attempt by Hamilton uh, to win a Liars Club competition to come up with the most outlandish story. And I believe he did win that. So. Oh, hell yeah. I like that. Good for him. Good for Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it. The, these are the... These were uh, these were the stories of UFOs in the Wild West. How you feeling? I reckon I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> I reckon I'm yeah. all right home about it. Yeah, yeah. You got any uh, you know comments, questions? You know, uh, you got any theories? Yeah, I got a lot of them. I got a whole lot of them, <laughs> Dave. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you pay attention. Just leave it at that. I don't know if you pay attention to uh, Tom DeLonge's uh, tweets about aliens sometimes. <laughs> oh, man. The last time I read something that he wrote, he just he just writes these really vague things, and people are like, oh, he's so smart. <laughs> he wrote uh, he wrote uh, that the, these aliens are from, they're from time, or as he says, time. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. Like they're like time beings? Yeah, I think he's implying that they're like future humans or something like that. Which would explain the guys throwing the, the the fucking cigar. Just... <laughs> they weren't from like that far in the future. That's like you know. No, yeah, they they small leaps and bounds, just tiny ones, right? To, to advance a little bit further. No, uh, but I mean, I've heard that theory that aliens are just humans from the future. Yeah, there's like a whole like theory that the moon doesn't didn't exist until like not that long ago oh yeah like it just appeared in the sky because future humans built the moon and then put it there yeah i don't know so i i heard there was some sort of mining operation underneath the surface and (laughs) you could see yeah those documentaries oh yeah yeah there's shit on youtube that's like you fall down that rabbit hole you you'll be there all day yeah there was a there was a documentary on netflix called like structures on the moon that's what it was that's actually. It was great. it was on it was on Netflix. It was uh, Secrets of the Moon Exposed. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. I watched it years ago. I don't think it's on there anymore. But oh god, probably not. Very Shit. informative. Very informative. It was well, Justin. That's the end of the episode. 
I want. Dave, you can see the smokestacks. What? Underneath the surface of the moon, you could see them. God damn it, Justin! They said there were smokestacks. I could see them with the satellite. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Duh. We, this is a very we smart both... documentary. Really smart stuff. Uh, I anyway, I don't believe that. Um, all right, Justin. Well, you got anything you want to plug? You want to plug something real quick before we sign off? I do a podcast. I do the Cool Parents podcast with Curtis Charles, who was on the your show before, early on, right? Yeah. And where where can they find you? You talked about you talked about Danny DeVito a lot. <laughs> Like an unnecessary <laughs> amount. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you can find it's on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Pod, you know, all that shit. Everywhere. Okay. Cool Parents Podcast. In parentheses, not a parenting podcast. Yeah, is that new? Yeah, that's new, yeah. Because we were yeah. yeah, we were getting some targeted things that were yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting the wrong idea. Um and uh yeah, we have a band, Cool Parents too. We have a record as you know. It's all online. You can find it anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll put a link in the description anyways. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to follow us, just go to at uh, Cryptic Cocktail on Instagram, Cryptic Cocktail Party on TikTok. Uh, we got a Patreon. It's like $5 a month, I think. I don't remember how much I said but I'm doing gonna be just some cool shit over there. <laughs> you guys watching like Hubie Halloween? You watching no. Hubie Halloween with the commentary or no? No. 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 All right. You want me to say bye? Yeah, say bye. Well, God bless you. Thank you for coming. God bless you. Uh, I reckon it's time for me to be uh, in the... <laughs> yeah.